For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. The email actually in from Winnipeg from Michael Dunn who lives out there. Thought I'd share after hearing all of the warnings about your minus four degrees overnight in Ireland. We're currently at minus 30, minus 30 here in Winnipeg in Canada. And it's still a battle to get the kids, get my kids to even put their jackets on. <laughs> Let them go out once without the jackets, I'd say, and teach them a lesson. But I know where you're coming from. It gets very, very cold in the winter in Canada. I can remember minus 30 and minus 40 degrees. Um, I remember I used to do early morning radio at times and read morning news, which meant I had to be in for like 5.30 in the morning. And you daren't have a shower in the morning. You'd have it the night before. You'd be out with parkas and all sorts of... Uh, uh, snow gear, uh, very dry and very crisp and very beautiful, but very cold. Uh, Teacher Michal Martin makes the papers this morning because of this December weather that we're having, urging pensioners to keep the heat on um, because temperatures have plunged. He's uh, he was speaking actually on his way to uh, the Balkan summit in Albania, and he said uh, we would say to people uh, in the context of such cold weather to make sure to have the heating on, and particularly our senior citizens. He says there are mechanisms there if a person is in an emergency situation or needs emergency assistance that can be provided. Uh, Unfortunately, he doesn't drill in or the papers don't drill into exactly what that mechanism or those mechanisms are. But the mirror picks up on the story uh, because of the issue regarding uh, those that will be vulnerable when it's cold. Uh, They say that Michal Martin said that health comes first. So we would say to people uh, during cold weather, have the heating on, particularly our senior citizens, and that people should be aware of uh, worries with regards to the elderly regarding pneumonia. Um, And, uh, of course, we have the big strep A issue going on in this country now, and that dominates many of the papers today. Two children's deaths in Ireland uh, could be from the rare form of strep A. Um, And there is a fear now that, uh, unfortunately, there could be more cases. Now, the papers this morning talk of the amount of cases we've actually had here, and they all drill into what exactly strep A is and what it can lead to. In fact, they, 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 they trace it in the mail all the way to scarlet fever in very rare occasions. Uh, But sadly, a little five-year-old girl in Belfast died from an illness linked to strep A. And I was reading on Belfast Live this morning that her devastated dad has said that he took his young daughter to hospital A&D on three separate occasions prior to her being eventually admitted to intensive care, where she later died from strep A, little Stella Lily McCorkendale. And the papers also, of course, talk about uh, the death of a child who's from the HSC area, they think in and around North Dublin. So sadly, uh, two deaths on both, one on each side of the border. Two adults over 55 have died this year in the country after the infection invaded their blood. So when they drill into it, the HSC's confirmed they're investigating the death of the the little child who, who died in the Republic. Uh, but what is it? They're saying that uh, it's uh, a type of bacteria that can cause many different infections, most of which are quite mild. Um, it's found in the throat or on the skin. And indeed, some people could have strep and not even know because there'd be no symptoms. But there were 851 weekly cases reported a fortnight ago. So I don't know what the cases would be more up to date now. And they think that maybe 186 cases recorded uh, in a week, um, say last year and the year before and the year before that. So it seems to be much, much higher um, when you look at it week by week and compared to last year. But the spread is by close contact with an infected person. Um, and they also think as, as to why children are being affected. Well, they think that maybe lockdown may be to blame for children being shuttered away 
and that their immunity wouldn't be as strong as normal because of the two years or so of just not mixing or mixing under uh, situations where there was a lot less and by way of close contact. Uh, but the papers talk of it today in quite some detail and I hope to come back to it because I'm quite sure there were worries amongst parents uh, particularly as they send their kids out to school and what have you. Talking of school, uh, teachers could be banned from taking career breaks. Uh, it's the front page story in the mail this morning, um, which is quite interesting because they talk on about teachers uh, on career breaks and, and they give an example in the mail today of, say, for instance, an example of 2,000 Irish teachers working in the Gulf alone. I mean, isn't that an incredibly high figure? 2,000 Irish teachers on career breaks working in the Gulf alone. And many based there uh, receive tax-free salaries of between 30 and 60 grand. They get free annual flights home, medical insurance, free or heavily subsidised housing. And they're on career breaks. So they're allowed to take a period of unpaid leave uh, for no less than one school year and up to a maximum of five years at any time. And they can take 10 years during the teaching career and go back to the job when they want to. So we have a shortage of teachers, we have a shortage of doctors, we have a shortage of nurses, we have a shortage of Gardaí, we have a shortage of many, many people working here. And they think one way of handling the teaching crisis is to not allow them to take any more career breaks. Um, maybe they might need to incentivize them um, away from wanting to work in other countries. And maybe one way to start would be perhaps to pay them more. Interestingly, though, they don't say anywhere in this article about any of the TDs that we have up in Dáil Éireann who are on career breaks because there is quite a proportion of them uh, who are teachers and probably have kept their jobs open as well to go back to if they don't get re-elected. There's lots from the courts this morning, including three street preachers who were convicted and fined on different charges arising uh, out of, uh, I guess, you know, doing what they do, preaching or attending services or what have you, during lockdown. Uh, and that was before the courts yesterday. And that's fair enough. You know, you people who travelled outside their a jurisdiction back then. Not everybody agreed with it, of course, but that's the way it was. So we're starting to see these before the courts now because it takes some time to process these in the courts. But it got me thinking as well because street preaching, you do see a lot of people on our streets. Some of them are preaching and handing out leaflets and what have you and in a democracy, I suppose. Why not? But it got me thinking this morning then about busking because there's some seriously good buskers on Leaside. It was in on Monday and there was a girl playing guitar. Not quite sure which street it was. It could have been upper... It could have been Upper Princess Street. She was right on the corner there and she was cracking good. She really was. It was very cold. She couldn't have gloves on or mittens or anything because she was playing guitar. She had a little kit with her, but she was really talented. And you notice that an awful lot of talent. But some of them then can be absolutely shocking, or as we'd say, wogeous. And I often wonder about the shops who've got a busker who just doesn't cut it outside their shop. How does it work? Can you only stay in one particular place for two hours? Or can you stay there all day on Patrick Street or the side streets, whatever? But I remember years ago, I think it was Councillor Ken O'Flynn said that they need to audition before a panel at Cork City Council and then they'd be given... They'd be given a license then. I think that's the way it works on the on the on the subways and on the tubes and whatever. You actually get a license. But they audition you, a bit like the X Factor. But at the moment anyone 
with a single tune like yep. over and over and over again on a tin whistle <laughs> I, I remember many days going into Tesco and Paul Street to that little change machine with my little guitar bag full of pennies putting it in and getting back whatever it was I got back out Busking. of it as a, yeah as a 16 year old I had no way to playing what? playing guitar myself and my cousin were you any good? ah well god I wouldn't say so but uh, you're torturing I used, shoppers I, and torturing shoppers I tell you what 2am on a Saturday morning everybody's good enough to throw five at that is that is how many much. songs had you? I'd say we had about thirty or forty different songs. Ah, well, that's reasonable. It was all there. something a bit different. Like well, people would ask us to play, play Wonderwall, and we wouldn't play that. But we'd play um, Don't Do Look Back in Anger instead. You, do know? you make good money? Yeah, we, I think so. one day we made about eighty quid. I never that's knew. That's fine as a sixteen-year-old. Like I never was, knew it, that. was it like the Kit Kat ad? They were paying you to shut up. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Cool Runnings. I'll give you five dollars. But it, um, <laughs> I think they brought in um, something like that in Dublin, didn't they? Don't know. Street. I'd love to know more about but it. You have I, to have a license. I, I know. A few years ago, I was reporting from um, the co-municipality, and one of the councillors brought up. Um, the idea of a license for Cove because there was one busker who was outside a particular business and all they had in their repertoire were, was the one song. What was it? And it was on repeat. What do you know repeat. what it was? I, he, he wouldn't tell us but like the, the business was up in arms because he, your man was woeful. <laughs> <It was laughs> so they were looking to bring no, in a license. No, but no, I, no, I don't want to hone in on anyone in particular <laughs> but there was a guy there was a guy at Rory, Rory Gallagher Plaza you know, Paul <laughs> About two weeks ago, I felt like giving him a fiver to go the, home. The, the, defaming the poor name of Rory Gallagher, the thing that Rory at uh, Square that was dedicated. Remember, yeah, do you remember when Ken O'Flynn said we need to, we need to give our buskers an audition to see if they're up to it? Well, um, there's yeah, there's supposed to be dream new busking laws in Cork City that have only uh, been released recently, which Fina Falling Joe Callahan um, was yeah. kind of uh, criticising it, but it would be a busking time limit of between 11am and 11pm so that would do me in any way for outside the catwalk at 3 in the morning um, the, oh, the amp man. must not exceed 15 watts each busker must have a minimum rep- repertoire of 20 songs drum kits are not allowed and street performers must stay more than 50 metres away from each other I love that last one street performers it's like you know as if you might get hit by a stray stilt or something yeah but you know? in the summer you do see the South Americans come along and they're jumping over flames and high poles yeah, and all sorts of things and Patrick's I mean we want more of that all for we, that we want the sound of the echo boys and we want the buskers on their streets there but used to be three lads do it in Patrick Street they were absolutely fantastic there's jumping fella, through fire there's hoops there's a fella and on Albert Plunkett Street not quite sure what street it might be Marlborough Street he's got the most fabulous booming voice I always give them Banu and he Banu's me back and what have you <laughs> he's got the guitar big voice I'd say he could do anything and you could hear him streets away and I love it that's what you need Actually, I, I love the I love as well the kid. You know, like there's always those like the chance in their arm, the kids that go out and you can see the parents like, go on now, go out and you know, get a bit of experience Big under shout your belt. Out and for the buskers this yeah, morning, absolutely. Then. Fair play. Uh, keep it going. We want that atmos on Lee side. Meanwhile, Roy Keane is getting grief from Brazilians. You've seen that. I see um, what's your man's name, West Ham's uh, Lucas Paqueta, another one or two are saying that Keane just needs to get over it. They're gonna continue to dance and to party, and there's an awful lot more goals to come from Brazil. Dance symbolises the joy of scoring a goal, they're saying. We don't do it to respect anyone. We get together and everyone celebrates. It's our moment. The dance is a representation of our joy after scoring a goal. Well, I suppose Roy hopes that they don't score another four goals and have to go through another four dances. Uh, actually, a lot of other stories before the, the, the course this morning, which I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. We're a little over time now, but there's one interesting one where councils will soon be able to build as much needed social housing 
without ever asking for anyone's views. People will not be allowed to object. It's a new measure being brought in to try and speed up construction. Now, we need to speed up construction, but I wonder if it's democratic not to allow people to have any kind of input into perhaps council deciding to build 40 or 50 houses and much needed social housing up against somebody else's home, blocking their view and all sorts of things like that. So that's going to be an interesting one. See how it goes. And watch out for tomorrow night, of course, with the Harry and Meghan Netflix uh, television shows that begin. And I think uh, Buckingham Palace have been fighting many battles with one hand tied behind their back. And unfortunately, a lot of the staff in, in Buckhouse who would want to comment over the years can't because they've signed all sorts of non-disclosure agreements to keep their mouth shut. But it's reported this morning uh, on uh, online that Buckingham Palace said it will move fast to respond to any claims against Kate Middleton, the Princess of Wales, or any of the royal family of Harry and Meghan make any kind of direct attack or overstep the mark. So that's a shot across the bows of Harry and Meghan ahead of the Netflix show tomorrow night, or at least the start of it, saying that Buckhouse won't take it lying down. And we chatted yesterday with Lano O'Connor on the air about the amount of people who are really worried every Christmas day that they'll mess up the turkey. So nearly half of the people planning to enjoy their Christmas dinner uh, in three weeks' time have a fear that they'll poison their guests if they don't cook the turkey properly. So this is a genuine fear. And I mentioned yesterday, one way of getting around that is get yourself into town into Hickey's on Mailer Street and buy for yourself one of their turkey pop-ups. I don't know what they cost. It's like two or three euro, but we'll take complete worry out of cooking the bird at Christmas time. If you stick this into the breast when the turkey is cooked, it literally just pops up. Um, talking about things that pop up, uh, I see that um, the review of the year on Google and the trends of 2022 have been released. Did you know that um, one of the biggest searches this year on Google was Wordle? A word not too dissimilar to Google. Uh, Johnny Depp's another one, of course, because of myself and Amber Heard. The death of the Queen came in after that. The murder of Ashling Murphy, the misfortune in Tullamore. Um, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. I got about 20 minutes into the first episode of that and I just found it too difficult to watch. I'm sure I was in the minority there. Another few of them was, uh, actually, funnily enough, I actually Googled this myself. And it came in in the top ten. Do you remember the death of the actress Anne, uh, Anne Hesch? She uh, died when she crashed her car. It was a little mini. Uh, I think it was in Hollywood or California. That was a big Google search as well. And just one or two more. The death of Olivia Newton-John. So they're just some of them. Of course, Putin got in there in the war in Ukraine. But way below the likes of Wordle or Johnny Depp and stories like that. And apparently, um, short man syndrome is real, uh, by all accounts. Scientists have released research now saying that smaller blokes are meaner. um, And they're also more antagonistic in their behavior. I mean, I don't know. You've got to look at that, though, seriously. Like Danny DeVito, right? He's a small man. Well, he's an incredibly funny guy. I often wonder do people who are maybe, as they call it, physically or vertically challenged compensate with maybe their personality and try and be more funny because of it. But apparently they say the short man syndrome is a real thing. Your thoughts on that as a short person? Text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Courts Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Lines open. You can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106 and we'll plow ahead and see how much we can get through this morning. But I do 
want to start with a conversation with uh, Carol, who sent me um, a very sad, heartbreaking uh, email, which I received this morning involving her late husband. Um, and uh, it's, it's an email, actually, that uh, maybe some good will come out of it. And you'll understand why when I chat with her. Thank you, Carol, for taking the call. Good morning. Hi, Neil. I'm very, very sorry for your troubles and to hear of the loss of your husband. Um, really Thank and truly you. heartbreaking. And, and it's difficult even for you to come on air and have this conversation yeah. considering that sadly yeah. he, he, he died by his own hand, the misfortune. Yeah. Um, but out of this, hopefully some good will come because you had the assistance of um, Sarda Search and Rescue and their Search and Rescue dogs. Isn't that right? Yeah. And the civil yeah. defence as well. And the Gardaí. They, the they were just yeah. beyond, beyond yeah. amazing. Yeah. Each and every one. Who brought your husband and home to you. He did. Okay. They did. Now, how the much job. are you comfortable of telling me what happened? Um, well, I was listening to a story on your radio station last week where upon a girl came across another girl. That's right, I was chatting with her I think I kind of got the end of it. Yeah. And little did I know that I would be in the same nightmare 12 hours later. I know, I know. There were two women walking in the woods and they came across, yeah. Yeah. But mind you, them being in the woods at that time actually saved a life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 12 hours later, um, was it you just couldn't contact him, was it? Um, it was the Monday. Um, I'd been in contact all week with him. Um, just wanted to, he, he was a photographer, so I was used to him not being home, going away for days on end and coming back with looking for clean clothes and more food and, um, because they had to be up so early to catch Sunrise and okay. Was it was it a wildlife and uh, and and yeah, uh, wildlife. And he loved wildlife. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely loved wildlife photography. And he was in Killarney for the past few weeks with um, I don't know if you've heard of it, the rush that goes on. No, what's that? Um, it's the stags they fight. Ah, okay, it's rotting stags. I have you, and yeah. he photographed rotting that season. Yeah, yeah. So he could be seen in Killarney was, or he could be, I think he, he went to Kugambara yeah. a lot, which is spectacular. Yeah. yeah. It was running late this year because the weather was so mild. Yeah, yeah. It's usually really, really cold weather before they start. So he was down there weeks and weeks and weeks trying to get this magical shot that only, I suppose, he knew what he wanted. Was he a professional photographer then in the, in the sense that that was he his was career? He was just starting, it was just starting to, to blow up for him. Yeah. Um, I, gave it, I gave him a present um, a few years ago of a, a camera kit as a birthday present yeah. and it just took off from there. He got the bug? Yes. Yeah. An expensive bug. Yeah. I, I kind of made a rod for my own back as such to be honest cameras can be expensive and all yeah. that goes with them all of the kit yeah. yeah yeah. well he just lit up when he spoke about us he was he was just like a child at Christmas but so had you known had you known anyway. he'd gone off on a photo shoot then he, he went off and he said um, Carl I'll be back in a few days just clearing the hedge and I said just keep in touch so we just watched that over and back and over and back and 
and I didn't hear anything at the weekend, which wasn't unusual. So didn't take any notice. It was one day. Then I got two matter-of-fact emails, which he never emailed, through about his cameras, um, what to do with them, who to bring them to, um, who who would give me the best deal on them, who where to go, and um, the other one was about his van, and I just couldn't understand what they meant. So I thought. At that stage, it still didn't. It didn't trigger anything. I just thought you don't contact me for a day or two, and then you send me two silly emails about your cameras and your van. Because he was going to get the van DOE, so that's what I thought he meant when he said it was done. So with that, um, I said I would never in a million years sell any of your cameras because you love them. And I love you, and I'll always love you. So, heard no more then. And then, Tuesday, still didn't hear anything. So, I went, left my house here about 6 a.m. And I just drove all over Clarny and go Gumbar. I just searched everywhere for him that I, I thought he would be. Were you ringing and texting and all that kind of thing as well? I, I wasn't. At the time, I just didn't want to panic anyone. I wanted to find him first. Which No, ringing him? Yeah, constantly. The constantly. phone just... Constantly. I just kept it on, on redial. I kept pressing it. But I rang and rang and rang and rang and it just... It, See, he would not get a message minder because he said no because everyone would drive me crazy trying to contact me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't have that kick in as such. So I just, I just kept, I just went around for hours and I drove, oh, I must have drove until five or six that evening until it started to get dark. Mother of God, that's close um, on 12 hours of driving around the roads yeah. of Killarney, Gugambara and all yeah. other spots like that. Everywhere that I could think of that he, he loved. Um, so I rang his mum and I said, just answer me a question. Did, did Shane contact you? Did you hear from him? And she said, no. And I said, I can't find him. So the poor woman then got so upset and I had to hang up because all I wanted was information at this stage. So I rang his aunt, I asked the same question she hadn't, and I told her to contact everyone else and that I was going straight to talk her guards. Um, so I went to the guards and they were asking the usual questions. Um, you know, it's van, it's choice, all, this, all the different bits. And with that, his brother Ronan from McCroom came straight up from, from McCroom to Cork because when I came out of the police station, um, Shane's aunt was waiting for me. So she said, follow her to her house and we'll all meet and we'll figure it out. We'll, right. we'll check check everything. We'll kind of throw ideas off each other as such. And, and do you know, I, I, hate, I hate interrupting, but you did say that when he when Shane said, I'm, I'm going to go away for a few days, to clear the head, was he struggling? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of nitpicking okay. everything, okay. every conversation over the past. Yeah, you're forensically going months. through the past. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. But uh, as I was, I've been told over and over again this week, I, I might never know. 
So you all gathered my, my, then, you all gathered God. together, we all gathered, formatted, yeah. a, formatted a plan, was it? Yes. Yeah. And I put my phone in the middle and I said, read everything that's on the phone. And they were kind of, oh, we don't want to. I said, please just read it, read it. And I, you might see something that I don't see. So They must that, have been alarmed then if they read about sell the cameras and sell the van yes, then. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So his brother read the van email and it said van is done um, at, Gar- at La Gara, which I didn't, it was misspelled. I didn't know what it meant. Um, well, we don't, need, we, don't, we don't need to know much of the detail there yeah. for, for personal yeah. reasons, but he had, a, he yeah. had, he had that well, plan. Well, he figured anyway. it out, basically. He did, yeah. Basically. yeah, yeah. So at what and stage then did an actual search kick in proper? I mean, I know you had spent 10 or 11 hours. An hour hours. later. Yeah, okay. An hour later. Because when he read the message, he understood it and he sent his wife to the area and she said the van was there. So then it kicked off from there. Okay. And I, I don't want to know where, okay? Uh, yeah. Just, okay. just again, for uh, reasons of yeah. of sensitivity to people who might themselves be struggling and, 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 and I'm not going to, exactly. I'm not going to go no. into, into any of the details. So don't you worry about no. that, Carol. Um, okay. God love Shane. It's, that I, it, it's, it's what I want to do from now. I know. No so at that, when, when, when the van was found then, because um, of course the Guardi were involved then, and did they bring yes. in search and rescue at that stage? Every, they came from everywhere. They just came from everywhere. But the weather that night, if you remember, it was so wet, foggy, really, really raining, heavy, misty, misty rain. And they... They sent for the helicopter, but it only managed to get to the Cork airport. We had to go turn back because of fog. Um, Civil Defence, the Gardaí from all the surrounding areas came. Even from as far as Mallow, they came in. Isn't it amazing? The fire fire brigade came to open the van. Um, so they opened the van and he wasn't in it. So they, they, they broke the front window then to check, but the phone, he, he was after leaving the phone in the glove compartment. So he never got it. And his old phone calls anyway. You res- you reaching out to him desperately all the yeah. time. Yeah. And everyone else he never saw. How much he was loved and how many people cared. Yeah. But he knew Neil. He was told every single day of his life because I just absolutely adored him. Well, sure, I know that, but I'm talking about in the moment, in those last in 10 or moment, 12 hours, yeah. you know? Yeah. Of course you did. In and you, moment, you know, yeah. without a doubt you did. You know? But yeah, um, they sent the civil defence in that night, but, and they went all a good bit into the area, but they just couldn't see anything. They had their lights, but it was, the weather was just too bad. So we decided to reconvene at eight in the morning to start again. Um, Did you stay there all night? I, I I wanted to stay, but of course Shane's family. Oh my God, they're they're beyond amazing. They they brought me home, even though I, I wanted to. I would I would have sat there all night, Nate. To be honest with you, in the I didn't care about the rain; didn't bother me. No. But I actually left home again the following morning at at um, four five. I couldn't sleep. I came home and I just sat there 
Always with the so, hope that he would still be alive, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That he'd be found in time. So, yeah. at this stage, now, we were still only searching, so that there was huge, well, on my part, there was a huge hope that he was just somewhere that he fell or he fell or something or other, you know? So I, I drove that road again that morning at six, before six, and I arrived at 6.30 and the guard car was there. They had left a guard car there all night um, in the area. But the van was after being removed at this stage. Um, and everything then about when it just started getting a bit brighter because with the winter mornings it just took ages for the light to come in. So um, all the civil events arrived and the helicopter was on the way again but they set up all their their systems they have to set up oh my god it's like it's like something from CSI yeah, yeah. To explain it they just have to put a big huge um, map and grid and then systematically go through it yeah as and the volunteers go out and when you say volunteers up, now who, whom are they they all have full-time jobs, Neil, and I don't know half of their names. There'll be the local civil, de- civil defence. Yes, yeah. yeah. They came that night, um, the fire brigade, they were all volunteers. They had finished, they left their families that night for me and came out to search. I mean, I'm a stranger. They came out to search for my husband. A stranger as well. They, they are just... I don't know how to describe it, Neil. They're You're describing just, it very well, Carol. You're and describing it very well. Beyond. They really do. And tell me a little bit about Tracker the dog. Oh, my God. He came, then I think it was about 9.30 before Tracker and Jean came. And they went off out. At this stage, now, there was three groups of civil defence gone out. And they were in contact with the main van, we'll say, um, to the radio. So each time they checked an area, it got ticked off. So Tracker came and there was still no news. So she went out with Tracker and we just prayed. In, in the background, I didn't realise, Neil, that all the guards had been going door, door to door in the area, which I, I never knew. I only found that out later on. They went kind of so mm. many miles either side of the area to try and find him. Yeah, massive operation. Just in, yeah, just in case he he was in a B and B or you know whatever yeah. a hotel yeah. or yeah. about one o'clock I think it was it was one we got word that um see I I stupidly thought I had I had some clothes in my in the car and I asked Dean I said. Does the dog need to sniff his clothes? Thinking like like it does on the TV that he needs his scent. So he said no. He said the dog is trained to find bodies. It doesn't matter what scent. That's his job. Yeah. Yeah. Just these stupid things that you see. It's not stupid. I thought. No, it's not stupid. I thought the very same thing. Yeah, that they do. Yeah. Um, but he didn't, so he went off. Um, it, it, he, he just trained specifically for that. 
So he went off and just at lunchtime he located a body. But still, even then, Neil, I just thought, oh my God, some other poor family. Some other poor family now, their, their person is out here. I still didn't, I still didn't want to think that it was my husband. Yeah. Even then, when when the, the guard brought back his his, his bits he had, I, I recognised him straight away. But I still didn't want to accept it until I actually saw him I on know. my own. You know? I know. I know, the poor misfortune. I know. Heartbreaking. <sighs> I mean, my God, I never thought I would be talking to you on the radio station this morning. I know. <laughs> and subsequent to the tragedy, of course, into the yeah. house came into the house his and Christmas all his present. Christmas presents and she was there because I I I used to get killed. I I had him absolutely spoiled rotten. He was ruined. He was actually and he ruined me. But I just went when I saw stuff. I said, "Oh my god, he'd love that. Or he'd like this." Or I know. So I I researched for a photography jacket. Um, and I located one that was just after being released in Denmark. I think it was Denmark or Switzerland. And it's a seven and one. It's three jackets in one. Specifically um, for yeah, photographers. specifically for photographers. Yeah, yeah. And, and do you mind if I pick up on that part of our conversation just after no a problem, short break? Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah. Okay, thanks, yeah. Carol. Thank you. I'll come back to you after the break. Let me remind you guys um, uh, with regards to helpline phone numbers, as always, which is very important if you're disturbed or upset by my conversation with Carol. Samaritans are on 116123, 116123. If you're struggling, or Pieta House, it's a 1-800 number, 247 1-800-247-247. Or you can text the word HELP to Pieta House, the word HELP to 5144. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. Carol, thank you so much for holding. How how are you coping? Like, how are, how are you dealing? Undoubtedly, you must be feeling very alone and lonely, but do yeah. you have any element of understanding or is it no, confusion or, or what? It, 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 um... The easiest way to describe it, Neil, it's just like it's like it's like waves. You're okay one second. I mean, I'm after having so many meltdowns between in normal shops, and people are so. I had simple thing before the funeral. Um, I wear alien perfume, and he loved the smell of it, and it was gone, and I just had to have it for the funeral. Because in my head, even though I know in my rational head he can't smell it, I had to have it. Yes, of course you did. So when I went to Sam McCauley's in Douglas, there was a lady there and God love her. She was looking at stuff and pricing stuff. Normal, normal things. But to say, I was running late and she looked and she said, um, I'm not holding up. And I said, you actually are. I said, I have to go to a funeral. So, and then I just completely broke down. I just... And was she kind and, to you? Oh, my God. She was hugging, hugging me. And she 
took a little angel out of her bag and gave it to me. She said, this is all I had, but I want you to have it. Was she a worker there or was she a customer? No, she was a customer. She was so sweet. And I said, I I haven't time. I said, just leave your details with the chemist and I, I will contact you. But people are just, they're beyond amazing. I mean, I... I know you always said it, and I always said it, you never know what's going on in someone's head when someone enters the shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yesterday, I went out to um, Brackens and Blackpool because I wanted to get cakes for my hairdresser. She she opened up the salon, especially... I don't even ask me how I even got there on Thursday morning at 7 a.m. for me just to do so do my hair without no one being around me mm. it's just to say thank you all, all these little jobs I yeah. think are just distracting me more so well than. if they are yeah that's good yeah. but don't yeah. feel don't feel that you need to put yourself under any pressure people will understand yeah. you know I know. As, I know as well as that you're probably reeling through your head as to you know why yeah. why 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 and I don't me? want to be in the house because his stuff his stuff is everywhere Everywhere. I know. I won't. I won't dwell on on, on upsetting you. Um, I know that the jacket, of course, arrived, and it's a incidentally, yeah. it's a, it's a fabulous, it's a fabulous jacket. Amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing. And, and he, he would have would loved have it. Absolutely loved it. But what what I what I wanted. That's the only reason I emailed, not to come on and, and tell my story about Shane. I just wanted you. And me just to do um, some kind of competition on your on your show, and um, people I don't know uh, uh, you might well, know better. Well, we, well, he, he, we have the we have the jacket which would have yeah. been his Christmas gift, and again, yeah, it's a, it's a fabulous jacket. Yes, it, yes, it is. Um, you know, it's it's got all, everything that you would need if you were into yeah. your photography because they've got a lot of bits and pieces and gadgets and attachments and everything, pockets for that. And But yes. but, it, but it actually is a beautiful outdoor, it or is even, a beautiful yeah, outdoor even jacket. Even if you want it, it's an outdoor jacket it, for outdoor yeah, that's, I agree with you, yeah. it is an outdoor jacket. Yeah. And and if you could raise some money for, yeah. because it was Sarda, Sarda Search and Rescue Dogs, Tracker the Search and Rescue Tracker Dog. Tracker yeah. as, yeah. as well as the Civil Defence as well and yeah. the Gardaí and all of the volunteers and, and indeed everybody who came even off-duty, yeah. ambulance, fire brigade, all, all of them, as you said, everyone. to help to find yeah. a stranger to them. A stranger. Yeah. But yeah. W- would you like to see if some money could be donated to Sarda? Yes. Yes, I would love it because that's what we did at um, the funeral. Instead of flowers, I wanted I put a box there instead because flowers, as beautiful as they are, you know, they don't. I would rather go to because they're all volunteers. Neil, they were this woman came out and spent three hours with her dog for free for for free with her dog to find my husband. I think it would yes, be. I think yes. it would be a lovely thing um, to maybe ask and and people. You know, it, it, it's not the best time ever with regards I to know, the cost of living I that know, we have know, and Christmas and everything. No but but I, I think I think one of the really powerful parts of this tragic story is the people who came to help. And you spoke yeah. about that so yeah. well, all, all of them. Yeah. And, and again, I would say again, think twice before you criticize our guardie. 
Because this is what they oh really do. God, this is what they I really mean, do. And we never hear of it, but this is what, you know, no, the civil defence of the no. same, ambulance, yeah. fire brigade, uh, yes, you know. All of them. Search uh, and even, rescue even groups. Not, uh, normal people, ordinary people. Volunteers, yeah. You know, they just, I mean, that night, Neil, one minute there was one guard car there. And when I looked again, there were seven. They came from absolutely every part. I don't know where they came from. Yeah, I want to get my thinking. I need to get my thinking cap on to wonder how best it would be to do this. um, What if people would just like to donate some money to Sarda Search and Rescue, and that you would keep the jacket in 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 memory of Shane? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. No. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't mind. I just thought, you know, that you'd kind of need something. Well, if you, I mean, we certainly could encourage people to donate um, and see if we can raise some money for Sarda Search and Rescue and the work that Tracker did bringing your beautiful husband home. um, And and perhaps give the jacket away then in a raffle or something, you know. Yes. Yeah. Would be lovely. Okay. Okay. That would be lovely. I, okay. I, I don't mind. You know better than me. I don't know which way. I just want, I just want, because if you know the same guy, he he would do anything for anyone. From from a small child to a person of 90, he had such yeah. a great way about him. And I did notice in the email at the end, as you said, thank you to so many people, all of the amazing people who helped to find Shane and bring him home to you. You say yeah. he chose a stunning place to be with, or to, oh he, he chose a stunning yeah. place to be, yeah, which was ultimately to be his last trip. Do you take yeah. consolation from that, a beautiful place do, where he was I at peace in that I, place? When, I, oh God love us, I, I think I made the guards... I made them bring me to him because I wanted to physically see him. Um, but we were walking for a good bit and they didn't want me to go there because of the conditions and the, the muck. And I said, I, I don't care about muck. I don't care. I just want to see his face. But when we got to the clearing, it was just, if I, if I wasn't there for what I was there for, where, where he was was just, it was just stunning. Stunning to him as well. The water. Yes. Yeah. 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 He loved the water. He absolutely loved and loved nature and would stay out, could stay out for 10 hours for one shot, Neil. Just know. one particular shot. That's what they're like. That's their whole life. That one he shot. Just, yeah, he fell. He absolutely, it was like, he loved it. It just, I don't know how to describe it. I know. He I just know. he lit up when he went when someone asked him about his pictures or asked him a question about the camera or and he used to tell me all the different settings and I'd say, Oh yeah, yeah. But it would go over my head. I know. I, was like, I didn't understand it. You're going to have some tough times ahead, Carol, and uh, I know yeah. that family and friends yeah. are so good to you and, and, and Christmas is here. Um Oh, Christmas is cancel Oh, sure. Listen, don't even talk to me. I can imagine. I can imagine. Okay. Our wedding anniversary is on the 28th of December as well. So that's, that's how we see he knows I love Christmas. And we would have been five years married 
on the 28th, even though we're together 21 years. You know, you have a lot of happy memories, I'm sure, of all of yes. those times, you know. So um, I know if he didn't have to go, he wouldn't have, because he wouldn't do anything in the world to upset me anyway. Do you have his he photography? Do you, do you have his camera, his, his photographs? Oh my God, everything. Do you have his photographs? Shared, yeah, thousands. I brought a beautiful print to the funeral. Wouldn't it be a lovely yeah. thing? I just because Desi was on there while he says, why, why don't you try and organize an exhibition of Shane's photographs and raise some money oh through that? Oh my God, that? I would love it. Wouldn't yeah. that be lovely in the new year? Yeah. An exhibition yeah. and just to show his talent his, in his, his photography. Stuff, yeah. And also, w- what about people just making a donation to sardaireland.com? Anything, Neil. Yeah. And okay. I, I know people are going to, are struggling with money, but, um, and they don't, even the tiniest, even, I'm not being crazy, even five euro, because all these people do this for, for, for no reward, yes. except the reward they give the people. Volunteering in so many yeah. different ways. Okay, we, we've a lot to work with here. Certainly, I think the new yeah. year, I think we certainly should organise uh, an exhibition okay. of Shane's work. I think it would be a great oh tribute God. to he the man. Would, he, he would actually be silent. He just smiling down. Yeah, that's well, consider that as done, and that's certainly okay. doable. Um, and I come back to you again in the next few hours and come up with a more okay. solid with a more solid plan. Um, I think we're in, getting in touch with Sarda as well ourselves, um, okay. and they may well be able to help us because you want to help them. But the people yeah. of Cork are very kind and generous, and will be touched by my conversation with you. So at okay. least some good will come from this. Okay. If they understood me, with all the Korean Carol, you are a credit to yourself, oh. and you're a credit to Shane. Look after I, yourself I, now. I'm his voice, no, Neil. I know you are, and a fine voice and you someone, are. Someone said to me the other day, and some stars shine a little too bright for this world, and yeah. Shane will shine on. I know it. Just as a little consolation for you, some lovely text coming in. I'll just leave you with one. I'm just hearing about Shane now, a lovely, kind man. He taught me so much about photography. My deepest condolences to Carol and the family. He was such a kind man who loved Carol so much. Never a photography session went by without him mentioning Carol and how much he loved her. And that's a text from Shelley. He loved you. He loved you, Carol. He loved you an awful lot. He loved you and it must have been heartbreaking for him to leave you. To leave me. All right. Okay. Listen, mind yourself. We'll be back to you a little later this morning, all right? Thanks, Neil. All right, Carol. Take care for a while. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Take care. Text if you want to help, guys. Text 086-8104-106. We need to come up with a plan. I think the exhibition is a good one. We'll pick it up after 10. That and lots more besides. Can I remind you again? The number of the Samaritans, 116123. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Back to the phone lines we go. Our lines are open. Text 086-8104-106. Gene Ryan is a SARDA coordinator. Jean, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm good. I don't know how much of um, the heartbreaking conversation I had with Carol McCarthy, wife of the late Shane. Did you hear much of it, I wonder? I, I heard the last bit, actually. Uh, I, I I did. Uh, okay. She spoke very eloquently. I have to say it's a really difficult 
Sorry for her. I yeah. appreciate. I know. And and um and you look after Tracker, do you? Yes, he's my dog, and um, we are qualified since last May, actually, um, as Sarda dogs. Yeah. So Sarda, so Tracker lives with you. Then you mind him, look he after does. him, you train yeah. him, you you take him when needed to search and rescue. That's right. Uh, generally, the way that we work it is that um, all of the dogs are owned by their handlers. They're trained from an early age by us. Um, uh, we would bring them to uh, our training uh, and we have to go through assessments before we can uh, be qualified. As it happened, actually, um, Tracker was donated to me by a man up the country, Brendan Lawler and his daughter, Kate, who... Um, who breed German Shepherds, Tracker is a German Shepherd, and um, he offered um, the pick of his litter to Sarda, and I happened to be uh, looking for a dog, and so I um, went up, and that's where I got him from. Yeah. Sarda actually is short for Search and Rescue Dog Association dog. Ireland, as in, as in Sarda. Um, and what, would, what, what typically happens... Okay, the dogs go through the training, and they're very, very capable of having been trained, but what kicks into action when, when you get a call? Is it from Angarda Shikana? Is it the civil defence or, or whom? Uh, we would get a call either from Angarda Shikana or Mountain Rescue Team. Um, and at that point, uh, we would assess. We have nine dog teams all over the Republic of Ireland that are qualified. And we'd assess whether the call is in an area that we can be of assistance really more than anything. Our dogs are air scenting, so um, they will detect anybody who is in the area. Uh, you know, they, they scent human scent. Basically. Okay, do you mind me asking, this may sound stupid, but can the dog scent pick up the scent of somebody who's either deceased or, or indeed still alive? Yes. Absolutely. Yes, they can. Fabulous. Um, yes, absolutely. They can, yeah. Uh, we train, obviously, with people who are still alive. We, you know, we put out, uh, we have a lot of people that are extremely valuable to yeah. the organization. They act as bodies for us. As that's what we would call I them. I know, but I just suppose, uh, I, I, maybe I just got confused because I heard of cadaver dogs. Do you know what I mean? Yes, well, um, our dogs would certainly, um, uh, you know, they will not uh, distinguish really. Okay. Uh, we won't dwell on uh, that. Over, okay. for, yeah. For, yeah, over yeah. a period of time. A cadaver dog possibly might, I, I, I don't know the details of I know, what they do, I know. to be honest. But the training is so highly skilled that any scent yes. at all. Um, and, yes. and, and I don't want to identify the area for, for, for reasons that are important really with regards to people who might be struggling themselves. But Carol's, Carol spoke about so many people arriving to help and she talked about Sarda and Sarda Search and Rescue volunteers and dogs. She spoke about the Gardaí, the ambulance, the fire brigade, the local civil defence, volunteers who just arrived, people who were off duty, on duty and off duty Gardaí. Um, yes. is, is that is that typical? It is, uh, yes, actually, it is typical. The civil defence uh, as well are absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, they they were there and uh, they they do an absolutely phenomenal job. But you're right, yes, the guards, the civil defence, it, it's extraordinary. And um, they yeah. they are all volunteers in their own time in all sorts of weather and conditions for very lengthy periods of time. It could go on for Absolutely. days. 
absolutely that's that is, that is indeed the case um uh, there um, we have got uh, another uh, dog uh, in the Galway region and um, it, they were searching for someone up there for many weeks and the civil defence and our dog handler was out uh, over a, an extended period of time looking for somebody who was missing. So, yeah, absolutely. And in the times we live in now, um, have you found that there are more calls for your assistance than ever before? There are certainly a, a good number, I would have to say, yes. Um, we've had fairly consistent calls over the last period of time, definitely um, two or three a month, maybe, you know. Yeah. Now, all over the country, to be fair. Uh, but yes, it, there's no doubt about it. And indeed, um, there are other search and rescue organizations who would also be getting the same t- similar type call outs to your good self like I know of Mallow Search and Rescue who, who do yes. a lot of searches on land and indeed on the water and they have ribs and uh, they've got and then there's Cork Missing Persons as well there's Cork a lot City of work. Missing Persons do the, a phenomenal amount of work in the um, in the Cork region absolutely they do yes oh you're you're absolutely right mountain rescue teams as well are constantly out, uh, you know, uh, and getting call-outs. That, and they're extremely busy as well, and all voluntary. And a lot of the time in very dangerous terrain, I would imagine. Um, well, certainly um, from a mountain rescue point of view, I, I wouldn't really be able to comment for the, mm. some of the others, but um, certainly in the mountain rescue situation, that is often the case at night and in poor conditions, yeah. you know, and yeah. so on. Um, now, obviously, we would be very cognizant of not putting our dogs into situations that would be, as much as ourselves, uh, that would be, um, you know, dangerous. Yes. Uh, so we do take that into account. But, um, yeah. but yes. Now, Carol also, of course, told of the heartbreaking arrival of Shane's Christmas presents uh, amongst them. Um, the beautiful, beautiful photography jacket that she had bought him, which she will never get to wear. Um, she, I was also suggesting to her at the time that a photo exhibition of Shane's photography in the new year would be something nice to do. And I've got some very good and positive news on that in a few minutes time. But she wanted to do something to honour his memory and to thank everybody that helped to recover his body and to reunite her with him, reunite her with her our beautiful husband, um, particularly your organisation, Sarda. Uh, and I was trying to work out a way that if people wanted to get involved, how they could do so. I believe you guys think it would be a good idea to just go and set up a GoFundMe. Is, is, that, is that the way to go, do you think? Yes, well, we don't actually have one at the moment, but um, our, our PRO, um, Adele, is going to set one up, um, having... Having heard from it's done already. I have to say, Jean, since ah. I think probably <laughs> since you started your conversation with me, so there is a GoFundMe set up, and if anybody would like to contribute any few bob at all, it's GoFundMe, and just when you go into GoFundMe, search search the words Sarda Ireland. Idel set that up for us, which is great. Um, we'll Thank share you. that on our social media channels and on Twitter and Facebook, uh, and get some much needed funds for your organisation to train more dogs like Tracker. So it's thank you. Just, we, we greatly appreciate that. Actually, yeah. we greatly appreciate okay. it. And we'll drive that on in memory of Shane at Carol's request uh, as a thank you to everybody, but in particular to you guys. So just go to GoFundMe, search the word Sarda Ireland, 
and give what you can, guys. Um, and we'll we'll uh, we'll keep an eye on that, and hopefully we'll grow to a decent amount of money that will help you uh, in your volunteering. What kind of a dog is Tracker? He's a black German Shepherd, actually. What kind of personality? <laughs> extremely um, hardworking, extremely friendly, and uh, with people, uh, excellent with people, um, and absolutely loves doing the work that he does. His reward is a ball. That's literally his only reward. If he finds someone, um, he just does it in order to get a ball and to please me, if the truth be told. So um, he's extremely athletic, covers uh, a lot of uh, ground very quickly. And um, yeah, absolutely an enthusiastic and lovely dog and a really, really nice pet at home as well. What an incredible job he does and many like him. Give him an extra treat today. You know, as, as, I will. You know, I will. He's, he's a wonderful you. contribution to society. Okay, well, listen, Jean, thank you so much for taking the call. Uh, and I think that even Carol, who's listening now, will take some consolation in the fact that I did get to talk to you and that Tracker is your dog. So uh, it's a heartbreaking time for her and our thoughts are with her. But thank you so much. And we'll give out the details of the GoFundMe again, all right? Thanks a million, Neil, and thanks a million to Carol for being so brave and coming on and and telling you about her ordeal. Uh, and I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Lovely words. Well said. Thank you, Jean. Take care. Jean Ryan from Sarda. If you would like to help in any small way, go fund me. Uh, search Sarda Ireland and give what you can, guys, because uh, it would be the wish of Carol McCarthy uh, in memory, the heartbroken wife of Shane McCarthy. For all of the business, or that in itself, let me remind you again um, of our helpline numbers should you be struggling. Um, of course, there are helplines that are there to help and are available at all time, 24-7. The Samaritans are there. Pieta House is there. Samaritans are on 116-123 and Pieta House on 1-800-247-247. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Very positive news already with regards to a photo exhibition of Shane's work in the new year. I got a lovely text in from Councillor Kieran McCarthy and he says, Neil, give me a shout early in the new year. Year. If you wish to progress with the photo exhibition, I can get on to City Library to provide a space in one of the council's libraries. RIP to that gentleman, Shane. Thank you so much, Councillor Kieran McCarthy, for getting in touch. And we certainly will be in touch with you in the new year because I would like that to happen. I know Carol would be delighted for it to happen and we'd all love to see the photography of the late Shane McCarthy. So thank you for that, Kieran McCarthy. We'll be in touch. And I think we couldn't think of a a better place to put it than maybe in a, a one of the council's libraries, even Cork City Library, if it were possible. But let's work on that in the new year. Uh, meanwhile, GoFundMe, uh, search for Sarda. Uh, thank you to Adele from Sarda for setting up that GoFundMe page. If you can give any few bob, um, certainly do so. And indeed, um, if, if Carol would like to do something with her husband's uh, photography jacket, well and good. But if she wishes to keep it, and I think it might, might be... Nice to keep it as well. That's a call for Carl to make. I was just listening to Carl on air. The poor woman, absolutely heartbreaking, says Mags. And many people are saying that. Another unsigned text says, absolutely heartbreaking, listening to that poor lady. Um, you, uh, another one, thank you. Well, thank you, people talking about my conversation with her, saying it's a brilliant idea for an exhibition. It will give Carol something to focus on, to plan for. 
I feel so sorry for her. It's just so sad. And one final one, because there are many. Anna says, it's heartbreaking listening to Carol. Please be strong and remember you are loved. Please tell your listeners not to hesitate and to ask for professional help in times of need. I know exactly how hard it is to overcome depression or low times. There's always someone who will help, even only by listening, Susanna. And again, if you've said it once, I've said it a million times, reach out, talk to somebody, tell somebody how you're feeling. Easy, I suppose, for us to say who aren't struggling and maybe a terrible challenge for those that are. But if you could muster up the courage or the strength just to reach out, it could make all the difference because there always is something or someone to live for. Okay, text 0868104106 and thank you for Carol for, for coming on air. Your thoughts are welcome on that and lots of other stories on air, including this may come as some help to you because many of the papers this morning are dominated by a thing called Group A Streptococcus, uh, commonly known as Strep A. And sadly, we've heard of deaths on both sides of the border now. Uh, two adults indeed have died, uh, over 55 but sadly, a child north of the border and the HSC is now confirming that it's investigating the death of a four-year-old child in the Republic that may be linked to Strep A. Uh, this could well be in the North Dublin area. Um, and it's that time of the year, I suppose, when people are more open uh, to infections as we head into the winter time. But what is Strep A? And particularly with regards to parents, should they be worried for their children? Dr. Dermot Quinlan is Medical Director of the Irish College of General Practitioners and a GP in Glanmire, and he joins me by phone. Dr. Dermot, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So, on that question, uh, what is it, and should parents be worried? Uh, group A strep is a very common bug, and it lives in our throats, uh, and where it can cause sore throat and tonsillitis. It also lives in our skin, and many many parents will be familiar with impetigo, which is a, a trivial skin rash. It can also cause cellulitis. So it's a common bug that lives on our skin and our throats primarily, uh, and causes relatively mild illness most of the time. Unfortunately, sometimes it invades the body and can go into the blood causing septicemia, go to the lung causing pneumonia, go to the brain causing meningitis, which are obviously very serious uh, conditions. Uh, so most of the time it's a really trivial condition, but occasionally it can cause uh, life-threatening illness. And is, is this year a peculiar year in that regard or is it always there or is, there, is this a particularly strong um, version of the, of the bacteria? It, it, I thought this, this, this version of the bacteria is no different to what it has okay. been before. Yeah. Uh, it does tend to come in waves, but we know that having gone through the pandemic and all the social distancing, that people's immune systems maybe haven't been challenged as frequently or as much, and particularly young children right. who have grown up in a more sterile environment with all the masks and social distancing than would have been the case in years. Through lockdown and what have you, and restricted lockdown, movement. Yeah. 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 So what should parents be looking out for? And, and I mean... The elderly as well, or anybody that's immunocompromised. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so I suppose in terms of what to look out for, really, it's the symptoms of group A strep really are commonly things like uh, sore throat, fever, a rash, aches and pains, or sometimes nausea and vomiting, which are all really common. Um, and I suppose none of those are of themselves diagnostic of group A strep. Um, so the, the vulnerable groups really are particularly babies under three or four months of age, and especially if they have a fever, and... Um, uh, the vulnerable people, as you said, who are immunosuppressed, older people, and particularly among children, I suppose, and parents, like what I often tell my own patients, is, is, it's the three Fs, really. It's food, form, and fever. So if you have a child, a baby, who is, is taking their food and drink, you know, that, that's great. Um, 
but as, as they become unwell, they'll stop feeding and then then they may reduce their fluid intake as well. So like you can find they get dry nappies overnight. So that that's the food part. But, um, the form really, so if you have a child who's in good form and responding naturally and normally to you, that's great. But then you may get a situation where they're not responding as they normally would to you and not smiling and they wake only with a lot of a lot of rousing and they're relatively inactive and lethargic and clearly they're sicker. And then you have children who are seriously unwell, really, with pale, mottled skin, who are not responding at all and either won't wake up or don't remain awake and they're clearly seriously ill. Um, and then there's a the fever piece. So if you have a child who doesn't have a fever and is running around, obviously, they're with a rash, they're, they're probably not too bad. Um, but, you know, if you have a child with a high temperature that's persisting and despite taking paracetamol or ibuprofen, um, all of those things really help guide parents in in deciding is your child uh, you know a little bit sick or seriously ill and if, if they think they're a little bit ill then undertheweather.ie is a really good online resource that tells parents how to how to manage these very common illnesses and whether they need to see a GP um, and also then if they feel if they're you know if they follow their own intuition if they feel their child is is seriously unwell then they need to see a doctor and that might be seeing your own GP it could be seeing a doctor in South Dock or if that's not feasible then it may be that they decide to go to the local casualty department. So so paracetamol is the first protocol in the home then is it? Paracetamol, yeah, paracetamol is really good. It, it helps settle children who are fractious. It can help bring down the temperature. And if you have a child with a minor, relatively trivial illness, then often when you give them paracetamol, as most parents will know, their form picks up and they're happy again. You know, whereas if you give it to a child who is seriously ill, their temperature may come down a bit, but actually they're still lethargic and unresponsive and, and not well. You know. And how is um, it? How is it passed on? Is it human to human contact or, or what? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's close contact, really, with coughing and sneezing. And I thought that that's an important part of it, that if people have uh, minor illnesses, coughs and colds, then they should stay at home. And that's children in the crash, children in school and adults going to work. Uh, in addition to that, then in terms of preventing, you know, uh, we would encourage people, particularly uh, that we would vaccinate our children because... For what? Um, for, uh, influenza, particularly the nasal flu vaccine. And, and obviously, because if we can remove... Influenza. So if I see a child who has had their nasal flu vaccine um, and they're unwell, I, I know it probably isn't influenza. So then I'm thinking, well, could this be group A strep? Right. Could it be respiratory syncytial virus? Could it be COVID? Um, so, you know, vaccinating our, our children and all our vulnerable population against influenza is a very positive thing that people can do. That we would say, you know, get get the flu vaccine, not not the flu for Christmas, you know. Um, I see what you're saying, yeah, yeah. So this is not an, a particular outbreak, anymore. yeah. This isn't a particular no, outbreak. Not. It's not an extra invasive strep version or anything like that. It's just that people should be alert to it. That's why then I heard last week somebody saying that newborn babies, you shouldn't let relatives or f- strangers hug or kiss your newborn baby kind of thing, just to be alert to that, is it? I, I, I suppose uh, it's really important from a social perspective that we welcome our newborns. And I think you know most of us would. But I suppose if we have if we have relatives who have head colds or coughs and colds, then it's probably better that they would be uh, not going around visiting and particularly kissing in close contact yeah. with anybody, including yeah. newborn babies. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I suppose the respiratory etiquette and masks and social distancing and staying at home if people are unwell. Yeah. Other than that, really, I think you know it's it, it's fantastic that we are able to see our our newborn babies and grandparents, and like I think that's a really important social and mental health piece. 
So th- it isn't that people should be alarmed, they should be alert, is it? They should be alert. And that, that also goes for, so, you know, the, the problem from a medical perspective is we can see a child who seems well and we examine them thoroughly and you say this is probably a minor illness, but a small number can later deteriorate. So uh, even if they're on antibiotics, so, you know, it comes back to keep a very close watch on your children. And if, you know, if you're concerned, if you think, trust your intuition, if you feel your child is deteriorating uh, rather than getting better, then... Um, look at honoredweather.ie and make make it your business to go and see a doctor. Okay, okay, words of uh, advice. I did hear of one article, the words scarlet fever mentioned. Um, is, that, is that the further on consequence of strep, is it? Uh, no, scar- scarlet fever can certainly happen with group A strep, but again, it's, 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 it's not particularly common. It's a, it's a clinical diagnosis, so um, we would put it in with all the group A strep illnesses like sore throat and impetigo and tonsillitis you know it's just it's just another one of them okay you know? and what were and those three warning signs you gave again there earlier on one of them was food temperatures another was food, it? food form and fever the three F's what kind of form are they in are eating their food yeah, kind of and have their temperature yeah, if, if, and taking a drink and have their temperature well yeah. said great words of advice yeah. Dr. Dimmer thank you so much appreciate the update and the explanation thanks for that uh, doctor and um, again uh, the uh Advices, the three Fs, food, form and fever. Dr. Dermot Quinlan from um, the Irish College of General Practitioners, a GP in Glanmire. Uh, two sad deaths in Ireland, which could be from uh, strep A within 24 hours and parents are said to be um, alert as opposed to alarmed. Text 0868104106. We got calls and emails on the way. I'll just take one call ahead of the ad break if you don't mind. Michelle, good morning. Hello. How are you doing? All right. Hi, I'm not too bad, thanks. Okay, just with regards to the times we live in, have you got any bills at all to show, say, for instance, a comparison in fuel costs now and, say, this time last year or anything like that? Um, well, I actually, I use the online app um, for Electric Ireland and um, I I was just telling your colleague that... Um, no, I'm looking I at a comparison ch- from 125 oh, to 325. Oh, um... I think, yeah, I think I received, um, I, I get an email, so it just tells me to log in to check, and I suppose if you go back down through it, um, it would tell you um, how much the bills have been. Yeah, I'm the same, you can click into it and open line. Where's the problem in there then? Well, when I received the last email, I logged in and it told me online that... Um, my amount due was €125.52. I'd, I'd love a bill like that. <laughs> yeah, I know. delighted with a bill um, like that. <laughs> but it, it also stated that um, the 200 uh, government credit was added on the 30th of October. Right. Um, so the bill was probably three twenty five. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. that's why it was re- reading amount due one hundred and twenty-five fifty-two. So why was so, three twenty-five deducted from your bank account? That's what I can't figure out. I, I just I can't figure it out at all. And when I ring them up, I just it's impossible to talk with them. They just keep telling me, "Oh, it's the government credit. We can't refund you that." And I I, I keep asking them, but 
ye took the excess amount out of my bank account. I'm not looking for the government credit to be refunded. I'm looking for the money ye took from my account. Yeah, because the 200 and appeared on the bill it. and it, deducted, it was deducted from your bill to leave you with yeah. an outstanding balance of 125, which should have been the direct debit of 125. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I checked it on, I think it was the 2nd of November, and the direct debit wasn't due to be taken till the 15th of November. So I assumed all this is fine. This is not a good time to be down uh, 200 no, euro. You probably had that 200 euro figured into Christmas. I did. I, I, I really did. Now, to be fair, like, I have the kids' presents and stuff all kind of organised because I, I try to do that yeah, yeah, as much in advance as I can. It's your money. But, um, Did somebody hang up on it, you, though? Oh, yeah. It's happened a couple of times, yeah. It's, they just tell me, well, I'm not, I'm not going to talk with you and they hang up. The bank? Oh, no, this is Electric Ireland. All right, so it's, is it a problem with Electric Ireland or is it a problem with the bank? Oh, it's Electric Ireland. Yeah, yeah. it took the whole lot. They don't want to discuss it. They they don't want to correct their mistake. In fact, I actually had one of them on the phone take my bank details and assure me that the money um, that it would be sent back. So you know um, you've got an undertaking from them that they will give it back to you within ten working days. But I have to oh, tell that you, that was back in the fifteenth of November. Oh, and when I rang the other day, they said, "No, that was a mistake. You shouldn't have been told that." What should you have been told? I mean, it's, I'm even frustrated listening. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They just keep repeating over and over. It's the government credit. Uh, we can't refund that. And I say, I keep trying to explain to them. <laughs> but just... your online app, um, your online website stated that I owed one hundred and twenty-five. 52 They're and not making any sense. They, they, no. You don't want them to refund it. You want them to no. deduct it from the bill and charge you the balance, showing yeah. 125 euro, which is what it says in your online bill. I get the same bill as you. It's an online statement. Yeah. I, look I opted at it. for the paperless billing and I just log on and check my online account regularly then, you know. I wonder, should I, other people be checking? I mean, they may see the 200 on their bill from yeah. Electric Ireland or Energia, but you want to double check that the money Absolutely. has actually been deducted on the direct debit. A friend of mine told me her mother, her mother, which is of pension age, didn't receive the last uh, government credit. Okay, let's so find out if other people are getting all sorts. They must be wire somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But nobody should be hanging up on you because I bet I bet you're on hold a long time before you get to speak to anybody. Oh, it's... It's an absolute nightmare trying to get through. Your call could take at least an hour. You could be 40 to 50 minutes waiting just to get through to somebody. You could get through to somebody depending on how the conversation goes. You know, you could be over an hour on the phone to them. How many times have you gone through that process of hold? (laughs) Oh God, I've lost count now at this stage. It's been a lot of times. How many hours would you put on it? Uh, I'd say probably about five or six hours or more. God almighty. Easily. There was one evening I rang um, because actually when I rang on the 15th of November, I also, I, I, I said to them, um, I'd appreciate it if you take my bank details off the account and that I'll pay maybe through the post office yeah. or however, you know. And 
about a week later, I received a letter to say thank you for for giving your bank details. She must be tearing your hair out. So that's complete. That's the complete and opposite. I tried to ring. I tried to ring at about four thirty in the evening, and it says their lines are open till is it seven or eight p.m. I rang at four thirty. I was already on hold. I didn't even get through to somebody um, for over an hour. I think it was an hour and a half. And I said, there, do you know what? No, I'll hang up and I'll try again. So I rang again. And it was like an automated message telling me your estimated wait time was something like 63 minutes. Or, after you, know, you already like had that. hung up after being on hold for 90 minutes. After about an hour and a half, yeah. Yeah. Did you ever Which, get one of those things? It, it, somebody at the weekend, they got one of those things. They were on hold and on hold and on hold. Then they I got, think that's what it was. Yeah, and then they got a voice saying, if you don't want to hold anymore and not lose your place in the queue, press, let's say, one, and we will call you back. You won't lose your place in the queue and we will call you back. And they did that. Not Electric Ireland. I can't remember who it was with. And then they pressed one and hung up and waited and waited and waited for the callback. Yeah. And they are still waiting. And it's like yeah. a week later, they never got a callback. And even on, when you ring, it, it keeps this message keeps going over and over to say that maybe you can find your answer online. But like the answers aren't online. They're never no. online. No. no. Here, are, here are the most commonly asked questions. You go through them and it never answers. And then you go on, you no. think there might be somebody that you can chat online. And it's a bot which isn't a human yeah. being. It's just, again, uh, pre-programmed responses to everything. Um, I think that's yeah. nuts. I really do. Uh, they took the money. Um, they showed your bill as 125, but still yeah. debited you the full amount. So right now, you didn't get yeah. your 200 euro government credit. Well, it, it stated on my online account that it was added on the 30th yeah, of October. But it came, the 200 you know? came out of your bank account, so you were charged. Did, yeah. So you didn't get it. Yeah. It, come, like, it might be like, on paper, but you, you didn't feel the benefit of it. No, no, not at all. And when, when all, they no. hung up, I mean, how, how did the call end? I'm not going to talk to you right now, and I'm not going to talk to you, and just hung up. <laughs> you can't say that. You just can't say that to somebody. I was so frustrated. I was unbelievably frustrated. I, I mean, people you know? say that to me, but it's usually a family member that's fed up with me or something. I'm not going to talk yeah. to you anymore. Leave the room or you know, whatever the yeah. case. But that's what they're paid to do is to fix your problem. But And you know, the thing about it is you can get that vibe. It's like someone at the other end of the phone and it's like, I'm just here to answer calls. You know, I'm not here to... We say solve your problem as such. Like you can, you can sense it. You, you know? know, I know what you're talking about by picking up the vibe. You could it's, equally it's have luckily have got somebody who really loved what they were doing. Sadly, you probably yeah. didn't. I know. I know. No. So what are you going to do? What's next? What are you going to do? I don't know. I one thing's for sure. Anyway, I will be definitely cancelling my direct debit with them. Because yeah, but you got to get your you, got, you have to get your government credit. I mean, if we, it'd be interesting. We put in um, a request to um, Electric Ireland. Are there many people whom they're deducting the bank account detail, deducting the full bill, and not crediting the two hundred? That might shake them up a little bit and give you as an example and see what they have to say on the matter. The only reply they were trying to tell me was the credit. Um, it'll go towards the next bill. Not at, all, like not at all, girl. Not at all. I already got. I already around January. Well, um, you just got one. When did you get one? Uh, my bill. It was. It was 
taken out on the 15th November. Yeah, so, so your next bill the would bill be... The bill would have been issued, we say, the 1st or 2nd of November. Yeah. So your next bill then will be for the November-December period, which you'll get in January. Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which gonna, is after Christmas. Are you going to wait for that? I'll try to ring them again, but I think I'm kind of... I'm fighting a losing battle with them, you know? I okay, mean, I'd be it's keen just to too find... easy for them to hang up. Yeah. What was this you know? again? I can't be talking to you right now, is it? I don't I'm not going to talk to you right now and just hang up. You know? After somebody, some one of their colleagues actually took my bank details over the phone, gave them my details and said, there's no problem, um, it'll be back into your account within 10 working days. Yeah, somebody said, find out the last date of the bill. If it ended any time in October, the bill... The credit won't be applied yet, uh, but it but it was on the bill. The credit was on the bill. It was. Yeah, so I that's... actually have screenshots of my online account. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Where it shows it was added on the thirtieth of October. Okay. Let's um, let's see if yeah. other people have that predicament, and also what Electric Ireland have to say with regards to not giving people the credit that they're deserved. If you make another call, let me know how you get on. All right. Absolutely. Thanks very much. All right, Liz. Michelle. Cheers. Back after the break. Hold on there, Nikki. After the break. <laughs> Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Quick update. Red FM. Quick update, lads. You know about the um, predicament that the marina market finds itself in with regards to planning permissions. Will they stay or will they go? Charlie Clark set up a petition online uh, which has been signed by nearly 32,000 people. He says to me, it's phenomenal when you consider the population of Cork. He says, I'm going to submit this petition now. 32,000 people on the petition to the planning department of Cork City this week. Thanks for the update, Charlie. Charlie, do stay in touch. It may well make a difference with regards to the appeal process that the marina market is going through for their current location. I was telling you last week that the people behind the marina market, uh, the company behind the marina market, is interested in buying Douglas Village Shopping Centre. So things must be going particularly well for them because that won't come cheap. Text 0868104106. Nikki, good morning. Uh, hang on a second. Let me get the line sorted here. There you are, Nikki. Morning to you. Can you hear me now? I can. Okay. Now, you um, have an organisation which has over 4,000 members called Helping Hands Cork. I'll talk about that in a second. But you got a particular call from an elderly lady. Did you, did you, did you visit her? No. Um, it was actually one of the girls that volunteers with me, Nell, um, was actually only with her last night. Okay. And did she describe the, the, the situation the elderly lady found herself in? Yeah, um, the woman was just terrified. It's not that she's behind in her bills or anything like that. She just was terrified to turn on her heating. And we only discovered last night she actually has battery-operated lights in her house because she's afraid to use her electricity in case um, she's not going to be able to afford to pay for it. And you know, funny thing is the batteries will cost her more than turning on a light. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God love her. Like the poor woman last night, we delivered a superstar and a full bottle of gas that was really generously donated for the lady. Um, hot water bottles, warm clothes, socks. Um, and did your pal blankets, say the house was everything. freezing? Yeah, yeah. She said the house was absolutely freezing. And was the elderly lady living alone? Yeah, she lives on her own. She doesn't have any... Um, she has a sister, that's it. She doesn't and was have she loading up with clothes, like layers and layers of clothes? Yeah, yeah just layers of clothes, um, blankets, um, socks, 
Um, but she she was running out of stuff to put on her because the poor woman, when when we rang her and told her that we were after getting a lot of uh, cash donations to pay our bills, now it's not that she couldn't pay her bills. The woman was just absolutely terrified to use her gas or her electrics in case because of the way things are going up in prices that she won't be able to afford them. So um, was she we got loads of cash. No, no. When we told her that we were able to pay um, a couple of her bills for her, the woman started crying and said, I can actually cook myself a dinner now. What was she eating? She was just eating anything that you don't have to use electrical Cold stuff food, for. pre-cooked stuff, yeah. Buying yeah. a, cook, buying a yeah. cooked chicken or something, yeah. Yeah, do you know, God love her, the poor woman. She's like She's very overwhelmed, really, at the amount of help that we did get for her. And the amount of help we got is absolutely fantastic. Like, the people of Cork are amazing. Yes, they every really time. Are. Now, I'm just wondering, when you hear a story of an elderly lady like that, afraid to turn on the heating or turning on the lights and not cooking food for fear of not being able to pay the bill, do you think that there's been a that, that she's been scaremongered into this, that she has become so worried and so worked up about it because she's hearing it everywhere? Are we talking about it too much? And is that then discouraging people from looking after themselves? I think so. I really do think so. I think it's what they're hearing, what they're seeing on the television, what they're reading in the newspapers, everything. I th- She's not the first person to contact us. Another lady who was actually even in a worse position contacted, but she's been helped since. Um, but I just think it's from what people are hearing. They're just absolutely terrified to use any anything. You know, they're prepared to go cold and hungry. You know, and it's that's sad. And we that's have a so responsibility sad, in that. Right? And I have a responsibility in it too, because I don't want to be talking about the cold or bills or energy costs. And in turn then... Um, increasing the amount of people who are living in fear of turning around and keeping themselves warm. I mean, I know that Michal Martin said uh, this morning that health comes first and people need to stay warm, particularly the senior citizens. It's easy for him to say because he's not going to pay their bill. No, he's not, like, and he's not going to go knocking on any of their doors to make sure that they are okay either, you know. And now I'm not on here to run him down or run anybody else down. Um, What are the mechanisms in place to help people? There isn't any. That's he says the there, he says there are, but what, like. what are there? Like they're saying, Grand, we're getting our 200 euro um, ESB and all that. But like, I think elderly people are trying to still save that, you know, they don't want to use that 200 euro because they're afraid when that's run out, what are we going to do next? Unfortunately, sadly, too many of them are saying, I'm going to do everything I can that I need to do to keep the bill the same as it was last year. Yeah. You know, and it is, it's very, very frightening for older people because they probably, you know, they have a set amount that they've always That's used for saying. their bills. That's what I'm saying, you said it better than me. And That's now exactly. the bills are gone up and it's like, big panic mode sets in. And okay. that poor okay. woman was terrified. Okay, I don't want to cut this conversation short. I'd love to finish it just after 11 if you're available. I'm out of time for now, Nikki, yeah, but we'll finish no the problem. chat after 11. Thank you. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 
104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show It's time for the thermals I love the old thermals They're a dose indoors though Because you end up going around Absolutely sweltering in the heat with them But they're great outdoors You can go out without jackets or coats or anything you got the old thermals on uh, Listen, uh, talking about Christmas time And all things Christmassy Fundamania Christmas Village Starts on the 16th of December And it runs till the 8th of January A family passes all week long For you to take the tribe to the very first Fundamania Christmas Village experience on the Tremor Road opposite Musgrave Park. And uh, there's also food stalls and thrilling rides and everything you expect of Fundamania with the food and the Christmas theme. Plus, thrown in as well for good measure, all of the fairground rides at the Christmas Village and a trip to Fawcett Circus, which will also be at the Fundamania Christmas Village. And these passes are for families of four. So you're listening out for a Christmas song between now and midday to win one of those family passes. You're also listening out for the Christmas song to win some of Jim Crowley Butcher's Turkey and Hams, which I'm giving away this week. And it's an incredible butcher shop, 15 years in a row now in the Best of Ireland McKenna Guide Awards for what they do at the butcher shop. Gold medal butchers. The spiced beef is fabulous. It's Grandad's recipe, and I got some of it last week, and I loved it. But this week, it's turkey and hams, all right? So uh, listen out for that. A Christmas song between now and midday. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. We're talking with uh, Nikki regarding particularly the elderly, and a particular elderly woman who's frightened and so afraid. She has the lights out, won't turn on the lights. She has the heating off. She's not cooking any food. She's frozen with the cold, all because she's living in fear of an electric or indeed a gas bill, like many other people. And I don't want to be putting the fear of God into people, and I'm cognizant of that. But Nikki, I thought Helping Hands Cork helped the homeless, right? No, I I actually, Helping Hands Cork is my own page, but I do work with the homeless as well. We're called Kindness Crew. Mm. So um, that's the Kindness Crew is a separate uh, group that I'm with. The Helping Hands Cork is my own. I do that myself. And Helping Hands Cork does just that, is it? Helping Cork people? To, yeah. like in, in what ways? Um, I help people get clothes I help people get furniture when they're starting out um, help people get food basically everything absolutely everything um, I've been doing it now this is my third year I think, I think why do you do it? because um, I love it I started doing it because I lost my mum very suddenly uh, three years ago and um, it was just she was one of your biggest fans um, she I um, and it was, I suppose it was just my way of coping with losing my mum um, she was my best friend and we did everything together and she had a heart of gold and I just wanted to so do you do how do you do it where do you, where do you lay your hands on things that people need um, I just post on Facebook and everything gets dropped to my house that's prompted why I contacted you really because my house is cluttered to the last um, constantly full of everything and You need I a need lock to, up girl don't you? I, I need a shed, I have the space for a shed and I just need a shed so that I can put everything out of the house I'd be able to manage things way better by not having everything in the house at yeah, one time. Yeah, no, that sounds perfectly reasonable well. to me. You have a family and children and everything, but yet people yeah. still keep donating and helping and you shift it very quickly. But you need a shed to store it in in the interim period, right? I do really, especially this time of the year. Like I've had to stop, I've had to tell people to stop dropping to me, unfortunately, because I don't have the space. Um, because I'm like, I also take in stuff for the homeless group. 
um, and none of none of the girls in the homeless group, none of us have the space to I understand. Up in no, our I homes. understand. How in the name of God are the homeless coping in weather like we're having at the oh, moment in the cold? frightening. It's so, so bitter cold. Now, I know that when there is certain weather warnings and stuff, the Simon do tend to leave people in more than what they, they do, but they can only do so much. I mean, uh, the council like, has, so has the, the council has a role to play when temperatures get down into the minuses, and who knows how long this cold snap? Well, winter will last till March anyway. Do they yeah. do anything to help? The council, yeah, <laughs> they don't help us anyway. Isn't it extraordinary um, that they have facilities that they won't open to people who have nowhere to like sleep? There's loads of empty buildings that I'm sure they're you know they're warm enough that you could put somebody inside, give them a bed or somewhere to lay down their heads. You know, everybody needs somewhere to sleep. Yeah, because my time out with the homeless some time back, people were coming from squats and derelict buildings. They'll never forget a girl came with a baby and a buggy and was living in a derelict squat. Like, that's so wrong. That's so wrong. There should be no child have to to live like that. It's not the kid's fault, you know, and... They only come out at night to get food and go back again or change of clothes or socks or jocks or... Yeah, like, we're out tonight now and, like, we're already... Like, we were out Sunday night. We go out twice a week. We were out Sunday night and I thought I'd never get the heat into me. But I'm coming home to a house. You know, there's people out there. They're, they don't have anywhere yeah, to call yeah, home. yeah. And we're trying to give them blankets, but the council throw out all their blankets in their tents every day. We don't have the money to constantly be replacing tents and stuff, and the council just load them every morning into their bins. Would you so be suggesting they should just leave them alone? The bin. The, uh, I, I do the think they should. I do think they should leave them alone, especially like some of them. They're not. I know people say they're an eyesore and it makes the city look dirty, but somebody has to have shelter. So they come along and they're instructed, the staff are instructed to come along and pick up all of the blankets, pick up all of the detritus, the rubbish, but also take the tent. Yeah. Yeah, we have given people brand new tents where we've raised the funds ourselves to get the tents for people. And the same person could come back to us the next night and say, oh, my tent was dumped this morning and you're trying to find another tent for that person. You know, and it's it's just, it's heartbreaking. Isn't it's it unbelievable? absolutely heartbreaking. But yet they don't come and up with a solution to help, but they're very fast no. to take away what little bits of help people have got. Yeah, you know. How do you get like, the money to pay a bill, though? How does that work? Um, I posted on my Helping Hands page, and as you said, like, I have a big following on that, and people's generosity was absolutely amazing. I had people send money, um, for the lady, I um, I have people running raffles. I have a charity auction page myself, and I have people donate stuff to me to auction stuff off to raise money. Let's so, get you a shed if we can. Will we see if somebody could help you out with a shed? I'd be so so grateful. I really really would. It would. It's not the shed. It's not for me. Um, it's for. So that I can continue no, doing you've made your what point. I absolutely you understand love doing. I understand doing. exactly the reason why you need any, but listen, will understand why you need a shed to store the generosity of Cork people before you move it on. It would be great if somebody had a shed that was in great condition, or indeed somebody who build or s- builds and sells sheds that might donate one to you. And I would like to be able to hook them up with you if that happens, say between now and midday. 
and that would That'd help you fantastic. very much. Okay, so anybody that thinks they may be in a position to help Nikki King and helping Hans Cork, in return helping Cork people, who would be able to help her with the shed to facilitate storage, uh, please get in touch. Text 0868104106 and we'll see if we can get that across the line, all right? Thank you so much. I really, really no, appreciate listen, it. And I'm not looking for anything fancy. It's just literally something. I just want my kitchen back, really. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> and it would be great if it was resolved this side of Christmas. So you'd have yeah, a bit, it would. Bit of space It'd to move fantastic. around. But listen, for the work that you do, uh, a thousand thank yous, in fairness. Oh, no problem. I, lo- I love it. I absolutely love it. It keeps me going. All right, girl. And okay, I just, I want to keep doing it. All right, let's see if anybody can help with the shed. Thank you so much, Nikki. If anybody right, wants to you. follow you, they can follow you on Facebook, Helping Hands Cork. Well done yep. for what you do. Let's see if we can get a thank result you. on that. Text 0868104106, guys, back after the break. Julie, hold on there. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106, Cork's Red FM. And from earlier, I was uh, chatting there with uh, Kevin and uh, Seamus about buskers. I feel sorry for the staff in Minahan's pharmacy across from the GPO. They're there every working day, working away, listening to buskers, sounding like cats being castrated, says Terry. Uh, Tony and Douglas says, it was on to you a few years ago talking about buskers being banned from Cork. Uh, good or bad, I support them all. Um, yeah, there was talk about trying to regulate it or license it, but they haven't been banned. Uh, and I love seeing them there, the good, the bad, and the indifferent, I suppose. He says, I support them all. At least a busker won't attack you or rob you in the city. You must remember the famous busker Ed Sheeran was on Graham Norton, and Norton played a clip of him starting out, and he sounded awful. But he kept at it, and look at him now, says Tony in Douglas. Well said. If people want to avoid poisoning their guests on Christmas Day with the turkey, well, I was suggesting the pop-up little oakets. You stick it into the breast of the turkey, you'll get it inside in uh, Hickey's on Mailer Street. A butcher says, rolled and boned turkeys are totally foolproof. Great job and no work in it, really. Your butcher will do it all. You just put it in the oven and there's no waste at all and no bones to be dealing with. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the bold and rolled turkey. I suggested it once or twice at Christmas time that instead of the whole bird, we go boned and rolled instead. And uh, let me just put it like this way. Uh, I got some quite nasty looks and we never got a rolled or boned turkey. Certainly not uh, for Christmas. There's that and lots more besides. Keep those texts coming. Text 0868104106. We banged off an email to Electric Ireland telling them we've been discussing the recent billing by Electric Ireland customers on the programme who are telling us that they believe they've been double charged not getting the credit of the €200 and some say that it even appeared on their bill but the direct debit didn't show it. They're also telling us they received the government credit of 200 but have still been charged the same amount. One has told us that despite having a bill worth less than €200 they've been told there isn't sufficient funds in their account even though the bill was less than 200 and they had the €200 credit. We're asking Electric Ireland if they're aware of these issues regarding billing because of the new government credit and do they have any plans to resolve the issues. So we'll have to wait and see what Electric Ireland say to that. But while all that's happening, I have a rake of texts from people who also have been in similar situations with regards to the 200. I wonder, has it to do with the timing of the bill? Julie, good morning. Hi, Neil, how are you? And extraordinarily, you have a heat pump, didn't you? don't you? I do. I have the air-to-water heating system. Okay, so you must have a very well-insulated house, is it? I do. Yeah, I do, actually. Um, A-rated? Yeah, yeah. I hate you, incidentally. (laughs) I hate you with your A-rated house. What? Um, 
the rate, like what I'm paying at the moment, is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, why is that? Because other people where you live in the estate also have uh, heat pumps and their bills are tiny by comparison to yours. Exactly, yeah. I seem to be the only one that's kind of getting bills like this. And I went to the prepay system. Um, I'm with prepay power now at the moment. And I've sent you in screenshots there of what I'm actually paying. Okay, I don't have those now because it's very busy, but... What was? Give me an idea of a bill. For example, um, so on the 5th of November, I received my 200 euro government credit. Yeah. So 16 days later, I got a message off prepay power to say to top up that I was, my credit was gone, which was the 24th or the 21st of November, sorry. Yeah. Um, so another example, um, last Thursday, I topped up my meter by 30 euro because I said I was running low. And on Monday again, it's, I got another message to top up. So this was at two o'clock. So I topped up my meter by 55 euros. You did. And that was kind of back on. The 28th you put in 20, the 1st you put in 30, the 5th you put in 55, the 5th you put in another 10, on the 5th you put another 15, on the 5th you put 40. So it's one day you put... This close. is in one day. On Monday, my credit went... And like that, I couldn't get through to prepay power. My app isn't working, so I didn't know how much I was in minus of. So, so one day you, you topped up 120 euro when you added it all up? In one day, plus, I put in, when I topped up 120 euro, an hour later I received a message of prepay power to say that I was in minus again, so I put in my emergency credit, this is all in one day, so that's actually 140 euro I put in on the 5th of December, which is Monday, just gone. And um, this morning, I put in a half nine, I put in 25 euro, and I'm still getting a message off them to say I'm still in minus five person. And can you see, you know, when you put in in the credit, is there anywhere you can see the electricity being used or anything, like a meter no, or, or a dial or a digital? No, and I'm after getting onto them already numerous of times, but they're saying, oh, it's the air to water heating system, there has to be something up with that that it's not their problem and all this kind of stuff. But before I moved with them, I told them, I said, look, I'm moving with you and going to prepay power because I think there's a fault in the whole system or whatever. So he said to me, that's fine, that's no problem, but you have to be with us for a few weeks before we can find out, is there a problem? But you have, in the last seven weeks, pumped €835 into that metre. Yeah, in seven weeks, yeah. And you have a heat pump, like, I mean, I, I don't mean to over-exaggerate, but with heat pumps, you shouldn't even be paying that a year. No, not at all. I actually put up these screenshots on Facebook, and there's actually people texting me privately, asking me, Julie, did you get onto anyone, or they're not paying. My a cousin of mine texts me. She has the same heating system as me. She has a five-bedroom house, two sitting rooms, and she said, Julie, my bills are only 200 euro every two months. 50 a week? No, 25 yeah. a week. Whatever, yeah, 200 every two months is what she's paying. But five bedrooms... And what does she get for that? Is that heating, light? She's, yeah, that's everything. All, everything. Yeah, yeah, she's all electric. In a five-bedroom house with a heat pump. You have to be A-rated for that, though. Is that, a, is that a corporation house, then, that both of you are in, is it? No, she built her own house out in the countryside. I'm in a copper, I'm in a corporation house, yeah. Oh, so the new ones that the corporation are building and the council as well are all A-rated with heat pumps and everything. Um, oh, they are, yeah. And, and a lot of them have underfloor heating. Do you have that? That's what I have, the underfloor heating, yeah. <laughs> I want to swap with you. <laughs> <laughs>
I actually will at this stage. No. Your bill's cheaper than mine, yeah? No, you're insane. I have a C. My house is rated C1, which is only all right. Like, there's worse, but nowhere near you. I mean, your bills are amazing. The, that, that, that heat pump is faulty. Oh, there has to be something wrong. And as I said, when I'm winning prepay power, they're like, yeah, there's something wrong, all right. And I'm like, will you send someone out to have a look? Or No, it's the oh. corporate. It's, you need to get a plumber to look at that bloody mish, that teeth pump. I did. I rang them nearly two, three weeks ago and they said they'll send someone out, all right. If there's a problem with it, they look after it. If they don't find a problem, I'll have to pay for it, which is fair enough. Yeah. But like that was two, three weeks ago. I'm still waiting on someone to come out. And you're um, pumping money all of the time into it, constantly. Yeah. I was here on Monday putting the money in. I put in what money I had in my bank card and that was at two o'clock it went and my mother rang me at five and she said, well, is it back on yet? I said, no, I'm sitting in darkness. But in temper, I was like, I'm not putting any more credit in. But she said, Julie, you have to over the kids with the heating and everything else. So my dad actually had to come down, give me more money to go away and get another 40 euro to put it in. You'd be better off getting a private plumber to come and look at it. I swear to God, you would, like. Like, I couldn't keep up to that. I'm working part-time, and what I'm getting, like, I work 12 and a half hours a week, and what I'm getting paid is literally going into my ESP. It's gone into the bloody heat pump, yeah. Like, my 10-year-old is asking Yeah, it's gone to the stage. My 10-year-old is asking me, oh, mum, if I put on the PlayStation, will the electricity go, or even the kids now are watching which isn't fair, like. I know. And no, so, prepay power is saying it's not their problem because it's not their heat pump, is it? Yeah, basically yeah. they're saying that, yeah. But you, you, we're, not, we're not even sure if it's a problem with their billing. We don't even know. It would be great if it was a problem with their billing because you might get the money back from them. But if it's a problem with the heat pump, you won't. Yeah, see, that's the problem. But when I moved to prepay power, they told me from day one that they will send someone out to have a look if the bills are still up. And But now I'm ringing them. Trying to get through, first of all, is an absolute nightmare. But when I did get through to them, they said, look, oh, we can't send anybody out and whatever. You have to get onto the housing. I would think that would be the first port of call which you've already done. I'd say there's a problem with your heat pump. I really would. There'd, there'd have to be something wrong. Like, there's no way could you keep up to paying this. Although there are texts coming in saying the same thing happened to my mother. She's elderly. I got it sorted. They said it was a glitch. Read it was a reading glitch with prepay, but prepay are saying there isn't a problem, sure, aren't they? Yeah, they're saying that it's not their problem. Basically. Another person says that the problem was with the air tightness underneath the plasterboards. I know that sounds very technical, but if that's a problem, oh, really? that's why the air to water won't work properly, and you'll use huge amount of electricity. It's not a plumber you need to get the air. You need to get your air tightness tested. I'll have to get something done. Whatever anyway. that means. <laughs> so, I don't know. If I, yeah. I, I, I mean, this is another typical example of city council being your landlord, you know. It's their responsibility. Well, actually, I'm with Tua Housing. I'm not, and to be fair to Tua Housing, they're normally on the ball. Like, they're, if you have any problems or anything like that, they do have someone up straight away. Um, but with this, I'm waiting now, like, two or three weeks for someone to come up and have a look. Um it's and uh, while that's happening, every day you're banging more cash into your credit, time after time after time. Oh, constantly, yeah. Like, as I said, I put in this morning now, um, which is Wednesday morning, I put in €25 euro again, and I'm still minus 5.13 after putting in 140 on Monday. You never get cut off, though, would you know? I would. I was cut off on Monday. Because of it? 
Yeah, because I, as I said, I couldn't get through to prepay power because I don't, I, can't, I downloaded the app, but I couldn't, it wasn't working. So I was trying to get through to prepay power to find out how much I was gone into minus. They gave you the warning about the minus, but then when you pump more money into it, you come back on again, is it? I, yeah, you do. But that's why I put in 55 euro. It still didn't come on. I put in 10 euro, still didn't come on. Put in another 15, it still didn't come on. That's crazy. So I, I put in another 40 euro and it came on and after I put in the last 40 euro. Where's the like problem power, there? Somebody must be I listening to that knows where that problem is. I mean, you, you know what the heat pump, what do you set it at? It's, it's set constant, isn't it? Well, you see, they say 20 degrees in the heat pump is the norm. That's what it's meant to be on. But I have my upstairs one is rad, like, so I mine down to 16, to be honest with you, because, this, like, the bills and stuff, I'm actually afraid. You and shouldn't be with a heat pump, though. They're supposed to be... Inc- I'd love one of them, but I, I don't think they'd work in a, in a house that isn't aerated, I'm told, and it would cost a small fortune then to get homes up to the standard that, and a, the, that a heat pump would work, but it drastically reduces people's bills. You could spend yeah, eight or ten. You could spend to. eight or ten grand on a heat pump, and your bills would actually go up. You know, the house isn't yeah. properly rated up in the A's or a B, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but look, there's definitely a problem there anyway. Okay, I bet you there's somebody listening here now because people from all different industries and trades and professions, and they may be able to identify why that's happening to you. I'd encourage them to get in touch if so. Yeah, if you would, I'd actually be delighted. Okay, anybody make sense out of that? Okay, thanks, Julie, for now. Cheers, take care. Anybody know why that might be happening? There's bound to be a professional that can shed some light on that. Get in touch, text 0868104106. Her, her, um, her electricity is like a slot machine, just pumping constantly money into the uh, onto online credit day after day, hour after hour. It's insane, particularly at Christmas time. Lorraine, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I got a text here saying the media have a lot to answer for, scaring vulnerable people with all of this talk about energy costs and being cut off. Now you're giving more airtime, uh, adding more panic for the elderly. Sometimes it's, uh, it's um, uh, you know, you're doing more harm than good. Nobody will have their energy supply cut off. How many times have they been told that? But yet, it just happened mm-hmm. there a couple of seconds ago. Carol was cut off with her prepay. Anyway, your thoughts? My thoughts, basically, it, it's in particular, I suppose, aimed at the elderly or people that don't rely on, on credit cards and so forth or who don't want to pay by direct debit, you know, that they're afraid to. Most of the energy companies, including Energy, Airtricity and Board Goss, they offer what's called a level pay or a budget pay. So basically, you, they calculate the kilowatts you've used in the previous 12 months, we say from January to December. They say, we know how much energy you used typically last year. They then tell you what it's going to cost you for the next 12 months. They spread the cost over 12 months evenly. So there's never a big bill. Okay. So I pay the same amount every single month on the first of the month for my electricity and gas. So I don't have to worry about having big bills in the winter and paying exactly the same in the summer. But how do they know how much electricity is going to cost per they unit? Know, uh, they, they know. Unless they have it all rigged. Contract. How do they know what the bill will be? you know, per unit cost in January and February if costs of units go up? They, they know what they're going to use. They, can, they, they forecast when they're going to increase. They will monitor it then. They will change every three months. They look at your usage, your kilowatts, and then they will contact you and say, okay, you're using more, you're using less, or this is what, you know, the, the new price is going to be. Yeah, it's so they're using more or using vary. less, or we're going to yeah. be charging you more. And they adjust but if it. You sign up, if you sign up for a contract on particular rates, they then can't. it's like they can't. 
Yeah. You know. Yeah, you're locked so in. So I pay exactly the same amount. So there's never a big bill at all. I pay the same amount every single month. So for, I think for elderly people in particular, we need to take the fear factor out of it. It's like going into a supermarket, picking up loads of shopping and having no idea what something costs until you get to the till. That's what elderly people feel about turning on their electricity and gas. And that's very, very wrong. Yeah. It's very wrong. Yeah. You and know, th- that they're afraid to turn. I mean, they're paying standing charges. The standing charges went up significantly for all the companies across the board. So you're paying up to 500 euro per utility just to have a supply coming into your house. Do you? Okay, well said on that. That's called budget pay, is it, where you can do that with budget your provider, whomever they are? Or level pay, depending on which company and you're with. And you, yeah. you then would go to a different company at the end of every contract, would you? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, the contracts are what? Typically yeah. for what? 12 months, is it? 12 months. Some of them are for 24 months, but I never lock in for 24 months unless it's a huge discount. Um, and you can always get out of there. There's always a, a buyout clause as well if a better offer comes on the market. Now, up until last year, the discounts were huge. You could get up to 39% off with some providers. But this year, the discounts, obviously, with the increase in costs of utilities, the, increase, the discounts available were anything between 10 and 15%. But basically, my birthday's in March, so I switch around my birthday. I know it's my birthday, and that's my present to myself. Because I save hundreds every single year. Yeah, so if it's, a, if it's a typical, say, 12-month or two-year contract, you stay with them at yeah. the reduced discount price, mm-hmm. um, and the yeah. discount lasts for that period, and then yeah. when the contract's up, you move to the next provider and get similar discounts yeah. for the next period, so you're always getting discounts. Always getting discounts, or else I, I will ring my current provider and say, look, Borgas, you're going to give me this, can you match it? I'll stay with you if you match it. And more often than not, they say, yeah, of course. They look at your bill, your direct debit, your cash coming in constantly. So they want to keep... Oh my God, shouldn't really people be doing more of the moving around and also questioning bills and looking for matching prices? It makes all the difference. Yeah, yeah, it really does. My my parents-in-law, they live in Waterford and they're old school about paying, you know, a bit here and a bit there. Like I sat down, I looked at their finances and we saved them 1,500 for the year. That was just by changing their utilities and their phone, they were paying up to 70 euros a month. I rang them and I said, they can't afford it. They're elderly people. What's the best price you can do? Because Sky are doing this. Can you match it for 30 euros? And they, they say if you ring Sky, and they, they, from 70 to 30. Yeah, Air. They were with Air. They're, they were on very old phone packets. They never changed. So they were paying 70 euros. We got it down to 30 euros. So that's a saving of 480 euros. Well, were they away. paying 70 euro a month for what? Just for their phone and broadband with Air. Yeah. So they rang, you rang them, because that's yep. probably in and around right. Air, Virgin, mm-hmm. Vodafone, providers. Yep. That. It's, it's in and around 70 euro for broadband. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody has a home phone anymore, so forget about that. No. So you no. called them and they reduced it from 70 to 30 for broadband. To 30, yeah, exactly, yeah. Isn't that amazing? So for, and, and what I do the, when that contract finishes in 12 months, it's in my diary, I ring them up again and say, okay, what's the best offer? Savvy shopper, savvy shopper. Watch. Thanks for the yeah, advice. Please. Well done. Yeah. And uh, happy, right, yeah. happy Christmas to you and happy birthday happy in the Christmas new year. Happy Christmas to you. Take care. <laughs> Buddy of mine, Liam, got in touch, back. actually. Thank you, Liam. He said, to help older people, AIR have a very special initiative. There's a special number. It operates from 10 in the morning to 4 p.m., Monday to Friday, and it's always answered. It's a fast answering service for older people. Um, uh, and I suppose I prefer to use senior citizens to older people, but it's a 1-800 number for AIR, one 800 
1-800-252-252. But doesn't it show that you really need to pick up the phone? I mean, they say that if you ring up Sky and say you're cancelling, they'll just automatically give you a discount. You know, I mean, I don't know whether that works for others. But you should also be doing it with your car insurance and your house insurance. Certainly your car insurance. There's always wriggle room in there. But you need to ask. They'll never offer. Right. Uh, lines are open. Text 0868104106. Nikki is back again. Um, ha- have you an update? Well, I do. Um, Pat O'Hearn is giving me a shed. Where's Pat, o- where does Pat, where's Pat O'Hearn hang out? TNAs. In Blackpool? Yeah. They're brilliant. Great company. And it turns out our mums knew each other. So Pat O'Hearn from TNA Building Supplies in Blackpool got, got on to you, having heard your conversation yeah. and said they're going to give you a shed. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so, I'm actually really emotional and crazy now. Job. <laughs> um, Job. I've been trying for three years to try and get myself a shed and finally got one. And I'm so, so grateful. Thank you. Isn't it fantastic? I see the text actually here came in as well. Pat O'Hearn here, TNA Building Supplies. We'd like to organise the shed for that lady. Can't go on air, thanks. Or don't want to go on air. That's brilliant. I'm delighted with that. So a nice Christmas present to give you more uh, moving around space inside in the house now. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so, so so much. I really appreciate it. Delighted. Well done to you and everybody at Helping Hands Cork and to TNA Building Supplies in Blackpool. Great stuff, Nikki. Delighted for you. Okay. Thank you. Bye. 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 Band-Aids, do they know it's Christmas? As to whether we'll get snow or not, watch this space for details, I suppose. But we have winners, Fundamania Family Passes, Caroline Kinsella in Scart in Kildare. It'll be a great trip up. Tomorrow is your day to come to the city. <laughs> the 8th of December, come up from Kildare. <laughs> it's the country people's Christmas day when they used to come into Cork. I don't know whether it happens so much anymore. I hope it does. But anyway, got a family pass for you, Caroline uh, Kinsella in Scart in Kildare for Fundamania, the Christmas village experience out on the Tremor Road. And happy to say Anne Sheehan is listening in Ballinore in Waterfall. Turkey and ham sorted for you, courtesy of Jim Crowley Butchers, Mill Road in Middleton. Thank you. More of those tomorrow and indeed Friday. Can I just also mention that if you know of somebody that's struggling or indeed you have a story to share where we may be able to help. Um, Bobby and the gang at Secrets every year send me €1,000 worth of gift vouchers for Singleton's Super Value in Holly Hill. Now, a 50 here and a 50 there could make all the difference people who are really struggling this Christmas time. And Bobby always says to me, give it to those you think need it the most. And these vouchers are worth €50 each. I have €1,000 worth of them. If you think that you know of somebody that might be struggling, um, genuine people, or if you're genuine yourself, then I would encourage you to email neil at redfm.ie. So I have all of these here and I want to get some of them shifted very, very soon because there's a thousand euro worth of vouchers here for Singleton's Super Value in Holly Hill. And thank you to Bobby and everybody at Secrets. A little bit of updating and uh, I want to do some hamper emails as well after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday 0818-104-106. Started the program this morning chatting with Carl about her late husband Shane who sadly um, took his own life, the misfortune. He was struggling badly and uh, passed away and of course there was an amazing search and rescue uh, and part of the conversation we chatted about was the search and rescue team Sarda who have search and rescue dogs and Tracker was the dog who brought uh, Shane identified Shane found Shane and um, you know Carol was reunited with her husband sadly in grief um, and that was a, a very you know upsetting and uh, it was a beautiful tribute to him actually from Carol earlier this morning 
but we told you the story if you came late um, he's passed away and what comes through the door only his Christmas present that she had bought for him which is a photographer's jacket uh, and we were wondering as to somebody suggested actually that the jacket itself should probably go to Sarda so there are a lot of options because it might be a photographer's jacket but it's an outdoor jacket and uh, it could be put to good use by Sarda themselves but she wanted to do something to thank all of those involved in the search and rescue and Sarda in particular so Sarda set up a GoFundMe page and it's there it's Sarda Ireland up on GoFundMe to raise some money to go towards the voluntary work that they do and if you feel that you could contribute or help then the GoFundMe page is there Sarda S-A-R-D-A Ireland and if everybody were to give a couple of bob whatever you could afford to make a huge difference to family suffering like for instance here's a text from Tony he said I'm at work and I was listening to your program this morning and my heart went out to Carol the poor woman that lost her husband I'm in the same boat. I lost my brother to suicide as well. He died in my arms a few months ago. Please pass on my number to her if we think if she thinks that we might be able to help each other. So I'll ask Carol if she'd be up for that. And thank you. And our thoughts are with you, Tony, and indeed your loss. Okay, so that's um, the face. Sorry, the GoFundMe page that's been set up. You can find it in GoFundMe on a search of the words Sarda Ireland. Now, uh, meanwhile. Interestingly, uh, best of luck to the girls and everybody in the A-rated corpo houses. What a great country. None of my adult children can get a free house, but they're working, of course, I suppose. Ironic, isn't it, that the average working people could only dream about owning or building such a high-spec house. Again, I will say it, what a great country. I make no apologies. Well, you can't be critical of people who are entitled to a home on a housing list if they get an A-rated home, because that's what's being built now. The construction companies and builders are building A-rated homes uh, and the city council are buying many of them. A lot of the time from under the noses of people who want to buy them privately. So that's the way that I've been in them. The spec in them these days is just incredible. And you're right, many people would could only dream of having or converting their home to an A-rated home or indeed having a heat pump. There are grants available, uh, but you'll still pay through the nose if you're working. You would need to be on some form of a welfare payment or payments like that to get a 100% grant. Old age pensioners get the 100% as an example, for instance. But for working people, the grants go down and they graduate down and you'll end up shelling out yourself. And they say, I'm told, I'll have more information, but I hope to talk to companies involved in it in the weeks ahead. But meanwhile, last bit of business. Hamper time. <laughs> Most definitely the hampers will start to be given away tomorrow and we'll get them in the post courtesy of ourselves and the paddybox.com. I got a card in the post from um, Mary O'Brien in Mitchellstown about Maeve O'Brien in Victoria, Australia. Very short to the point. I'd love you could send a paddy box to our darling daughter Maeve who is a cardiac intensive care nurse in Melbourne for the last five years. She's recently had a new nephew, Donica, eight weeks old and she won't get home till next August to see him. She loves chocolates, tato crisps, Barry's tea and treats from home. We love and miss her so much and thanks for the opportunity if you manage to send one. So that's from the clan in Mitchellstown. You would make me the happiest mammy in Cork if you sent my son Nicholas Desmond a hamper. His dad and I were due to travel over for Christmas but unfortunately had to cancel as I have had a cancer diagnosis and I'm in a, unable to travel. I'm gutted. Nicholas has been living in Boston for the last 11 years. He's working in the post office, so Christmas is his busy time. We did travel over last year with a case full of pot noodles, oxtail soup, love that myself, and even managed to sneak a few rashers into the luggage. <laughs> 
You would make my mama Christmas for me if you were able to send him a hamper, which you can share with his brother Gary, who also lives in Boston. I was looking forward to seeing both my boys, but it is not to be. Hopefully next year. Yes, indeed, and Desmond, hopefully next year. And I hope that all goes well with cancer treatment. Uh, I would love if my son, Kean Hurley, was sent one of your hampers. He moved to Estepona in Malaga in the middle of lockdown in April 2021. I love this. He was 21 in his second year in UCC doing an online college course because there was no college on campus because of COVID. He was finding it tough as he's a social bunny, so he just decided to move away and finish his year online in the sun and do his exams online as well in the sun. I remember when he told me he was leaving, I was devastated, but he was determined, left a week later. I knew it was for the best for him to see a bit of the world because Ireland just isn't for him at the moment. He got a job in an Irish bar in Estepona and worked for a sales company in Barcelona online. I'm so proud of him that he did all of this on his own. He's a hard-working lad. He took a year out of his college course and now is working for a sales company in Estepona town. He's met a lovely Swedish girl. It'll be his first Christmas this year not being home with us due to work commitments, but he loves Christmas. We as a family love celebrating, so I'd love if he got a hamper to Spain. It would be really nice for his girlfriend to taste all of the Irish treats as well. I know he's happy out there. Once he's happy, as his mammy, I'm happy too. Thanks, Neil. All we want is the best for our kids. So you don't sign it yourself, but we do know Kean Hurley is your son in Estepona near Malaga and uh, is having a great old time of it. Uh, I'm out of time, guys, unfortunately. You've another one or two days max now to email neil at redfm.ie if you have somebody in your life that would do would, would benefit or would love one of our paddybox.com hampers. If you're listening overseas, get in touch as well. Email neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.